Good morning. This is Jeff Thomas of Heals the Way and the Truth and the Life Ministries, and I would like to welcome you to a, this earlier morning edition of Words from the Word of God. I don't know what time it is where you're at, but I've got about 2.30 a.m. in the morning, and I'm up uh, this morning just worshiping, praying, uh, seeking the Lord's face. That's how we should continue on here in the first chapter of the book of Romans and continue our study there. But the Lord brought me to a stopping point this morning as I was uh, getting ready to expound on the verses, upcoming verses in chapter 1, verse 19 through chapter 3, verse 20, and even verse 23, uh, that concerns the sins of mankind and how the picture that our, our Lord paints here through the pen of the Apostle Paul is not a pretty picture. But it is like bad neighborhoods. When you go through town, you see certain neighborhoods where you know there is crime, you know there is drug use, you know there are evil things going on, and we do not want to go through those places. But because we don't want to go through them doesn't change them and doesn't make them go, go away. So, But as we enter into verse 19 of chapter 1 on through 320, chapter 3, verse 20, we will see the sins of mankind, Jew and Gentile alike, uh, that is non-Jew alike, laid out before us here in Scripture. You cannot deny it. You cannot argue with it. It is God's Word. It is true. We have established in our last uh, time together that God's Word, God's character, God's uh Everything about God is unchanging. He's the same today as he was yesterday and will be forevermore. Jesus Christ is the same Savior as he is today that he was yesterday and will be forevermore. But this thought crossed my mind this morning, and I wanted to pose this question to believers and non-believers alike. To believers, I, I asked this question, where were you? Where were you when you were forgiven? Where were you when you experienced the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ as it became a reality in your life? And I wanted to ask the, the unbeliever, that person that's out there that's lost and undone and without Christ and wandering in this world looking for the answers and not finding any. I wanted to ask you, where are you at right now? Where are you at right now? Because I want to tell you, as we go into these scriptures here, the Lord, as I've already said, it is not a pretty picture as how we are viewed in the sight of an almighty, powerful God who has the right and has the ability to destroy or save a soul. But we must be willing to fall to our knees we must be willing to repent of our sins and ask him to forgive us and invite Jesus Christ by faith into our hearts and our lives and be saved. But I go back to, the Lord has taken me back to these three verses right here in Romans chapter 1. He says, and this is uh, the Apostle Paul writing, uh, as he was uh, inspired of God and led, carried by the Holy Spirit as he wrote. And I go back to these verses, and I know we have focused on these, but the Lord has focused me on them yet again this morning. 
as we are entering into, and I've said many times in verse 18, we are entering into the courtroom of God. But I want it understood this morning as to what the Lord is truly telling us by bringing all these charges against us, going from verse 19 all the way through 320 and even 323. What he's showing us and what he's pointing us to you see, we, until we realize that we are in sin and until we realize that we are lost, hopelessly lost, and there is nothing in us of self-righteousness or anything that we can have in ourselves, in and of ourselves, apart from Christ, that can bring us into a right relationship with God the Father. We must have God the Son and the Holy Spirit living when it's within inside of us. I, I heard a dear brother pastor the other day speak on the living water, that well of living water springing up. That is the spiritual birth. That is the birth of the Holy Spirit that comes alive in you and brings things to life that have never been seen in your life before. But I want us to see where the Lord is pointing us. And I will read some scriptures from the book of Isaiah and Luke, at chap, uh, Luke, I believe it's chapter 14 as well this morning, but bear with me. I'm not going to keep it too long. But the Apostle Paul writing here in the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 16 and 18. I'm sure all of you know it pretty well who have been listening, but we'll, we'll uh, read it again at the behest of the Lord this morning. Paul writing, said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, and that is the non-Jew. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And then as we get into uh, verse 19, he says, because, because he starts to give us the reasons why these preceding verses are so important. It is so important because man apart from Jesus Christ is eternally lost and spiritually dead and eternally separated from God. My friend, I want to turn over right here in the book of Romans chapter 3, verse 23. And this is why I asked the question, where are you at right now? And where were you at when you were saved? Because we oftentimes want to get pious and religious and point our fingers at the sinners in the world and say, they're wrong, they're wrong, they're wrong. But remember, when you're pointing your fingers, it was always told me, when you're pointing your finger, there's four more pointing back at you. So... We, can, we all have sinned, for the Bible says right here, and Paul writes, for all have sinned. Yes, we have all sinned, but he says right here in the, the present tense, and the tense this is used, and come short of the glory of God. We are all a work in progress. I don't care if, how many years you've been saved. I don't care if you've been saved a day or 50 years. We are all a work in progress. We are all constantly as the Spirit is inside of us, working and warring against this flesh, becoming and being more conformed to the image of Christ. So we all 
have sinned. We all sin and come short constantly of the glory of God. But I want to point you to something this morning. Because you see, these accusations, I shouldn't even call them accusations. They're direct charges from God. As we read from, again, chapter 119 of Romans through chapter 3, verse 20, and ending with that last statement of, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I want you to understand that, yes, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Uh, but I want you to, I want to read you something from the book of Isaiah chapter 1. Because you see, this, this God in which he pours out wrath upon the sins and ungodliness, it says all the ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, also says right here, and he is, you got to understand, he's dealing with his children, the chosen people of Israel, his children that he brought up out of Egypt, brought through the wilderness, and had brought them into the promised land, had provided for them, but he had given them his commands and his laws to obey, and they continually transgressed. They continually sinned against the Lord's uh, Lord's commands, and they had to be uh, punished, or shall I say judgment, had to be passed upon their sins. And he, and here in uh, Isaiah chapter 1, you, as you read this, we don't have time to read it this morning, but I want to point you to verse 18 because this is the same God right here in chapter 1 of Isaiah. Excuse me. In chapter 1 of Isaiah, this is the same God that, we're, we're, that we read about right here who is uh, tired of their religious... Uh, their religious uh, hypocrisy and their 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 religious ceremonies, their sin, they have rebelled against him in any way they could. But in all their sin, he says right here, and this is what he says to us today. Remember what I said: God never changes. He says in verse eighteen of chapter one, "Come now." That now, the word now here is not one of time. That is an entreaty. So it can be read in the Hebrew as come please. Come please and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they were be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God, our Father, and as we focus in on these coming verses in Romans, I want you to keep this scripture in mind and ask yourself, where was I when I was forgiven? Where am I now that I can be forgiven? It does not matter where you're at, what you've done, how much you've done of it. It does not matter who you are. Only man will point their finger at your past. God will wash away your sins. He says right here, come now, come please, and let us reason together, saith who? The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Jehovah, the one who has become to man everything we need him to be. And my friend, today in this perverse, in, in gen this perverse generation, we need him. We need him in a mighty way. And he is saying, come now, come please, and let us reason together. God the Father in Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit is drawing 
men to him today through what is going on around us. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And that is exactly what he is doing today in his power. But the Lord says, come now, come please. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins, plural, be as scarlet, and this scarlet and crimson stain he's talking about is a stain that could not be removed in any natural way. It has to have a supernatural cleansing agent, and that is the blood, the shed blood of the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. But it must come through repentance. We must turn, not an emotional experience. We must have a reckoning with our Lord and say, Lord, I forgive me of my sins and cleanse me, Lord. Lord Jesus, I accept you by faith. Come into my life. Save my soul that I might have eternal life through you and that I might experience the spiritual birth, the rebirth. But the Lord is saying, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The only thing that can remove this stain from us, wherever you're at, wherever you've been. And dear friend, if you've been saved, then you need to be shouting the victory today because you had a sin, you had a stain that could not be removed. Just as the people in the world, their sins cannot be removed but one way, and that is through Jesus Christ, crucified, resurrected, living Savior, and through every drop of his precious blood on Calvary's cross. Hey, where are you at today? Where have you been? Where were you at when you were forgiven? Thank the Lord today, dear friend, if you're a sister and brother in Christ. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And I heard a preacher one time say, well, I don't, I don't think we should say that. Well, yeah, I am. I'm a sinner saved by grace because I'm going to tell you right now, I fall and come short of the glory of God every day. But I know, I know that my Lord says, has said to me, come now, come please, and let, let's reason together about this, Jeff. And though your sins were scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they were red like crimson, they shall be as wool. I am burdened for souls today, my friend, and I pray that you would help me pray together that people would come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and be spiritually born into the family of God today. And with that, I leave you this morning, and I wish and I pray that you have a blessed uh, weekend uh, this weekend and a safe weekend, and God bless each and every one of you, and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon.